Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Brooklyn-based jazz drummer Colin Stranahan. His latest 2019 CD, Stranahan, Zaleski, and Rosado, Live at the Jazz Standard, is a great album, and it features him, pianist Glenn Zaleski, and bassist Rick Rosado. Their long-awaited third album is live, and it's a great one. Colin is from Denver and has always been surrounded by music. He could have played football, but he went for music, and he will explain. Life has taken him from Denver to New Orleans and to Brooklyn, and he's played with the likes of Fred Hirsch, Terrence Blanchard, Dave Kukowski, Kevin Hayes, Herbie Hancock, and the great Wayne Shorter, and he's grateful for all of it. There's more to this story, so get to know him and dig this interview, my friends. First and foremost, thank you for taking a minute out for Neon Jazz today. I appreciate it. Pleasure, absolutely. And I had a great time listening to this album live at the Jazz Standard. So what I want to know, obviously we know what you guys were doing, but give me an idea of kind of the history and kind of the sound of the conversation you guys were trying to have. Firstly, thank you for checking out the music and, and uh, listening to it. I I met Glenn a long time ago. Um, we met when we studied together at the Dave Brubeck Institute uh, in California in uh, 2005. Immediately, Glenn and I noticed and felt that there was this, this deep chemistry and connection, not only personally, but, but, uh, just uh, musically. It just, it just worked, you know, we were kind of on the same wavelength. And so we continued to play in different, in different contexts and, and different formats. And it wasn't until years later when Glenn moved to New York, he started going to the new school and randomly was put in a dorm room with Rick Rosado, not knowing that they were going to both be going to the same jazz program at the same school, you know, just kind of walked in, he said, hey, I play bass, oh, cool, hey, I play piano, and they started playing, and then it, Glenn sort of introduced us, and, and we had played a little bit before, but not much, and then uh, Rick had been asked to put together a series of concerts in Montreal for the jazz festival. We started to play a little bit together, and it just really, uh, this, this festival came up. And we went and we played a weekend at um, upstairs, uh, the Jazz Club in Montreal, and and it was just magical. It just felt we hadn't really experienced that as young men at this point, you know, in our careers of having a group where the music sort of played itself in a way, and we just we were just able to take risks and, and sort of just go to these places and, and it was it was understood and we we supported each other in that that experience of trying to find our way through it and create our own sound. And so we quickly first did our first record after that. You know, then things got really busy, you know, and, and Rick and Glenn are are also very busy sidemen and we've all got really busy working with other people but we continued to play you know, as as a band when we could, we decided we had been invited by the Jazz Standard to, to play a two-night engagement, and we just said, you know, because we had, had done a few attempts at live recordings and had had a, a whole bunch of music, and we just decided that we were going to record the two nights that we played last year, and from that, we got our record. You know, there wasn't much planning because it's it's really deep. It's the only band that I play in where we could play a gig, months will go by, maybe even a year, 
and then we come back together and play, and it's almost like we just never stopped. Like, it, it, there's, there's no, like, cobwebs to shake off, or there's no, like, trying to get comfortable again. It's just from, from the moment we start to play, there's that, that feeling again. So I think that's really relevant on this recording, and I feel like it's the strongest recording that we've made thus far. I'm really excited about it, and, and I'm really pleased with how it came out, and, and I think that those guys just play wonderfully on it, and uh, I'm just really glad it was captured in that way. Yeah, so am I, indeed. So, uh-huh. you grew up in Denver, Colorado. Talk to me a little bit about how you got involved with jazz and drumming and how it all started for you. Now, first and foremost, um, both of my grandfathers were drummers in their own right. You know, uh, my grandfather, Ted, used to play in a lot of big bands, and so I used to kind of mess around with his drums when I was younger, and my other grandfather played uh, in the Army, and uh, mostly um, snare drum stuff, but he he was aware of the instrument, so I think that was sort of just in my blood, <laughs> and my father is a, a saxophone player, jazz musician, who basically introduced me, you know, to jazz, and, and we started playing together, and, and my parents were just incredibly supportive to put me in situations where I, I started to play jazz and experience improvising, and, you know, Colorado, Denver has such a uh, an amazing scene as far as jazz. I mean, some of the, the greatest musicians in the world live there, you know, Ron Miles are from there, you know, Bill Frizzell, you know, there's just so many people and, and I was a part of a lot of, a lot of programs that were amazing for young kids in elementary school, high school, junior high school and uh, Paul Romaine, my drone teacher was, was uh, one of the main influences, he was the one that really, I think he saw something in me, he saw that I had this drive and wanted to to play and so he he really helped guide me through and and helped me find the truth which is that I wanted to be a musician that's what I wanted to do that's kind of how it it came up for me it's an interesting story because you know I also played American football I played football at junior high school and I was a pretty good middle linebacker you know (laughs) there were a lot of people encouraging me to go that route in my life it was a particular game where there was a fumble and I sacked this punter and I broke his arm and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to hurt people. <laughs> you know, I want to give something. I want, I, want, I want to create something, you know, positive. And so that's kind of my personal story to how, how it all became what it is now. Well, right on. And, and so you really kind of hit the ground run when you were in your teen years, you were part of the local scene. And mm-hmm. we kind of go down the line here. You move on to, to uh, New Orleans. And then you win the 2012 Thelonious Monk Drum Competition. Was was all of this kind of a dream realized as you started kind of going from those days in Denver to going to New Orleans? Did you always know you were going to be a musician? Absolutely. I, uh, you know, that's something that I, I'm so thankful for is, is that I, very early on, I knew exactly what I wanted to do and, and how I wanted to do it, where I wanted to go. You know, it's funny you ask that question because I was recently cleaning out a house that I used to live in with, with my parents, and I found this journal. And in the journal I wrote, you know, I had a list of musicians I want to play with, I've always wanted to play with. And I, I'm really honored to say that I've played with pretty much all those people on, on that list. 
so I had very clear goals, and it's just funny how, well, not funny, but it's just amazing how life works, you know, you know, if you really push yourself and, and put yourself fully into something, you know, the results hopefully is, is uh, what you're seeking in life and, and maybe beyond. Yeah, I, I just feel like I'm very lucky to be living as a, as a musician, as difficult as that may be, but it's exactly what I want to be doing. And, and at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's all worth it. And it, it was what I wanted to be doing, for sure. What do you like best about being a professional musician? I love that moment where you're playing on the stage and you're playing for people and there's this feeling, it's almost, indes- you can't describe it, but this, where everyone is just there and everyone's on the same page. And I feel like when I play, you know, in, in my heart, I'm, I'm thinking that I, I just, I want to, to reach people and I want people to feel something and, and take away something from, from the music that I create. You know, I've, I've had people come up to me and say, say things in tears sometimes about how, you know, committed or how, how happy I appear to be when I play and, and that's exactly it. I'm, I'm, I'm just at my best and I'm, I'm exactly where I want to be when I'm making music. And in that moment, it, it's such a humbling experience to share that with people and you're so vulnerable and honest. It's this amazing thing where we're able to express all the feelings that we have through an instrument and through music. And so that's what it is. That's why and that's what it is for me. So as you mentioned pulling out that uh, piece of paper and you saw all the names of everybody you played with, I'm going to mention some of those, like Terrence Blanchard, Hayes, Herbie Hancock, Wayne Shorter. My question is, what do you learn from the veterans and the legends and the luminaries from this craft Uh that really either by osmosis or directly you get that adds to you? It's amazing. And it's funny because it all ties together with the the Monk Institute and everything because I actually have a gig with Herbie Hancock next week, week, which I'm, like, ecstatic, um, like, beyond excited to do. But one thing he said to me when I was studying with him at the Monk Institute is, you know, I said, Herbie, exactly like the last question, you know, like, what is that, talking about that feeling, and, and I said to him, I said, how do you get to that level of, you know, where you can just, it's almost effortless, and you're you're so there, and you're playing at your best, and you're, you know, you just, how do you play so good? Like, how are you, how do you get to that point? He said it has nothing to do with music. It's just about being a good human being. At the time, I was like, yeah, but, but what about, like, you know, but it's true. I feel like there's so much in that. But I've, I've had the pleasure to be around so many of my heroes and so many, so many musicians from the bebop era, you know, like I mean, Benny Golson, Long Carter, uh, a lot of those guys who named Wayne Shorter, uh, and just just understanding that they live and breathe this music and how important uh, this music is to them and how it always has been. I've learned that, and what I love so much about doing this is that music is something that you never master. You're never like, okay, that's it. I've got it. I'm the man. I'm the woman. Whatever. I, I I'm there. I, I'm the best. It's like you always have somewhere to go and somewhere to grow. And, you know, it was Benny Goodman who, the day that he died, he woke up and he got out of his bed. He was very ill. And he got out the clarinet and he practiced all of his scales. And then he got back into bed and he passed away. And and that's just it. You're always searching for that thing. That's what I've learned from experiencing performing and and being in school and, and, and 
hanging with all of these amazing people. And I can, I can only hope that I, I create my own path for that and inspire, you know, I hope so. So we're talking in the context of these legends and luminaries you perform with live. You have a live album that we've talked about. So my question to you is this. What was the first live jazz show you witnessed that really inspired you? <laughs> wow. The first live jazz show I, I remember and was Roy Haynes. I must have been maybe 11 years old. and It was the band Birds of a Feather with um, Christian McBride, um, Kenny Garrett, Nicholas Payton, and Dave Kikowski, who I've become very close with now, Dave, and play with a lot. But I remember hearing that and just saying, you know, wow, that's what I want to do. I want to be like those guys, you know. And it's like I almost remember every every note that was played that night and the spirit in the room and that feeling. And there was like no turning back from that point. It was like, okay, that's it. You know, that just, that was it for me. Definitely. That was at the Boulder Theater in Boulder, Colorado. So why do you love jazz? I love jazz because it's a language in which you're able to, as I said before, express your your feelings, also express your life. It's a way to share your life story through an instrument. And it's being in the moment and improvising is just like a feeling, of, again, I can't describe. And I, I love jazz because you can take your influences from any other genre of music and apply it to jazz. And there's, I think there's room for, for all of that within jazz. If you asked so, me tomorrow, it would probably be a different answer. But that's, that's good. That's the beauty of this process. It does. It's right? like improv. It always changes. So yeah. my final question to you is this. Everyone has their perception of who you are, your family, your friends, your students, um, your fans, but you know yourself best. Who do you think you are? Hmm. I think that's a great question. I think that I'm me. I, I, I think that I'm a musician who, I'm a person, a very spiritual person who's sensitive to people and to emotions. And I want to be a ambassador of love. I am an ambassador. I don't know why I'm saying ambassador. I'm a human being who is seeking connection with the world and trying to do my part and try to inspire people to be the best that they can through playing music. That's a great answer. Colin, Without thank you getting for too <laughs> self-deprecating. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool, man. Colin, thank you for taking some time out. I appreciate it. Good luck with everything. But thank you so much for listening to the music. We, re we really appreciate it. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest cats in Denver, New Orleans, Brooklyn, Kansas City, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Colin for his time, music, and stories. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz all the time, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.